What's up, guys? We are back a day late because of uh, America's birthday, Earth's birthday, maybe. I don't know. Congratulations mm. on whoever's birthday it was. I, I don't even, it doesn't make sense to celebrate the 4th of July is America's birthday, but we do it anyway, so whatever. I was actually talking about this with some Argentinian friends. They're like, well, that's like your day of revolution. It's how they view it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, right. That's, but like, like you don't have right. another national day. And I was like, no, that's kind of the only one we've got. I mean, we yeah. have a bunch of other shit that's all about the troops who, like, die, whatever. Yeah. That was just, like, 15, I just did 15-year-old girl history. We have, like, stuff for the soldiers who, like, die. For the but... troops, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of our only one, I guess. It's just kind of surprising. You'd think we'd have more. They'll make nine eleven one eventually, maybe. But it's too close to Labor Day. It's, it's yeah, nine eleven is, like, I think it's Freedom When's Pearl Day Harbor Day? February? Right? No, December. Um, it's December seventh. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. D- and then, uh, and then, D Day, D Day is uh, <laughs> June sixth too. So we're pretty summer heavy if we wanted. Too close to Memorial Day. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, what do we? What do we need? A, we kind of need a holiday for August because you have Labor Day at the end of it, but like yeah. late July, early August. So should um, we, just, we should just schedule an August start for World War Three. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I mean, there's got to be someone who was born in August. We can figure it out. There, like, yeah. I'm trying to think about the holiday schedule. We could use one in October as well. I don't really, like, we have Halloween in October. Yeah, uh, Halloween's like, fake, though. Yeah, Halloween, you just don't get a day off for it, which I, I, that could be cool if we just committed to, like, I unfortunately do think that would get the whole, like, everything is Satanist crowd kind of oh too riled God. up oh, at this people, point. People would be furious. Yeah. But, like, okay, so here's my thing with Halloween. Like, it, like, it started off as a religious holiday. So like anybody who complains about it, like suddenly being a religious holiday again, like is insane, but those people are already insane. So like, yeah, they're already insane. You have nothing to hear about it. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure we'll figure it out. We'll work on this after the Buckeyes uh, yeah. get a title. Um, we're, we're back, you know, it's that's, that's all that matters. We're back on the air. And I think it's, it's been two weeks since both of us have been on the air. I, we are celebrating. We're both drinking. You can hang on. You can hear this. There we go. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, what do you have over there? That's what kind of podcast it's going to be. It is a Linen Kugel's Juicy Peach. Okay, you're my Juicy Peach. I feel that. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a little Corona go myself. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just raiding my parents' fridge. I, so I came back from the United States. I like basically passed them in the airport as they were on their way to vacation. So I'm just watching their dog and uh, drinking here for a few days. So I've been just... eating all the leftovers. Oh, it's been great. I've just been yeah, going to awesome. town. Yeah, that's awesome. You you came yeah. back right. You came back to America right in time for for Fourth of July too. You just hopped right back into the Americanness, dude. Did you see that post one of our members pulled up about like the skit, the timeline of me leaving the United States and coming back? I did not, but well, it, I'll pull this. It's from uh, our buddy Uptown Buckeye. I am. Uh, I'm getting the tweet pulled up here. One sec. The the, the post pulled up. Um, which is better than a tweet, to be clear. Yes. Famously, yes. you're not limited to to posts on our board. Right. That's so true. Uh, so, so okay. by the way, while you're pulling this up, we have a website together. We're just going to do this right off the bat. Um, and so if you are, for some reason, some great miracle, you are listening to this podcast, but you are not subscribed to our website, subscribe to the website, uh, meetatmidfield.com. We do words written over there. Uh, we have a board, um, t- lots of premium content, uh, lots of people to talk to, cool, like-minded people. Um so I it just I think it doesn't take much to realize that the Buckeye uh 
message boards fear is kind of just a cesspool and we promise ours is not yet we cannot commit to it like remaining that way um that's kind of up to you but for now it is it, it's mostly fine um i i think that's the ringing endorsement that i can i can give to our our readers and our posters is mostly fine um but yeah come come hang out come subscribe to our website um and if you are listening to this podcast and you uh like our our content head on over to um apple podcasts give us a five-star review um and if if you put a question in your five-star review uh we will answer it live on the show i say live it's a pre-recorded podcast we will answer it on the show. Um, it will not be live. That's not how this works. Yeah. We will answer it. So, um, But yeah, hit, hit me with that board post. Oh, right, right. Okay, so I'll tell Buckeye I said, this is, all, this is all factually correct. You can, this is all provable by the court of law. This is all can, this can be confirmed. Meet at midfield started on August 1st, 2022. Ohio State starts the season last year in I did see this. Bud, right? Just I ripping through. This. Yeah. I moved to Argentina in mid-October. Argentina wins the World Cup in December. Uh, oh, no, sorry, sorry, before this. Ohio State becomes worse, right? We start getting shittier. Yeah. Uh, we lose to Michigan, uh, which did happen. Um, then Argentina wins the World Cup. Ohio State misses out all four of its top defensive targets. It blows a 14-point lead over Georgia. 17-point lead, right? One point to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, then fast forward, I land back in America, right? Two days later. We land a five-star defensive tackle from Illinois who no one predicted us to get. <laughs> there's some, there's something to this. I think there might be something to this. People are saying yeah. that that Ryan Day heard I was back and he's on the run and he's trying to get shit figured out. Yeah, a lot, a lot of content. Going he's nervous there. now. He's nervous. Oh yeah, we, we're putting it on him. So, yeah, that that is that is 100% factually accurate. Um, shockingly, so I think like just, um, you know, purely. By by the vibes, it seems like Ohio State should win the national title. I thought that actually today, as we're recording, this is my anniversary of leaving Eleven Warriors. This is my wow. last day. Um, Congratulations! Time last year, yeah, it's it's been great. I mean, um, yeah, I, I think like I still get questions a lot. That's like, man, why'd you leave Eleven Warriors? It was, you know, that seems like it would be my dream job. Like, yeah, I mean. It yeah, was your dream until, job, yeah. And, and it was until <laughs> until I got paid every month. Like, <laughs> like that's at the end of the day, money talks. I was doing yeah. Well, this is a free podcast, but fuck it. I I was realizing the other day that I am going to pay more in taxes this year than I made at Eleven Warriors in my highest grossing year. No fucking way. That's are you serious? I'm a hundred I wish I was joking. Holy shit. I'm one hundred percent serious. But I mean that's well, first of all, congrats on the cash. Let me a dollar. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that that speaks that speaks both to um at Eleven Warriors and where I currently am uh at the comeback slash awful announcing. Um so and it, me it in midfield is, baby yeah and, and, and me in midfield it's it's yeah that's that's uh... no shout out to jason at, at uh or not jason not shout out to jason shout out to ben, ben <laughs> whoops ben uh that was a slip yeah shout out to our buddy ben Koo. uh, uh and <laughs> like I, that, that that's that's not even like like you can read into that however you want like it's it's not even really a shot it's just like that's what i tell people when they're like why'd you leave for this you had such a glamorous job. Everybody knew who you were. You were right. First of all, you know, fuck off. Yeah. It's it's like, man, you don't 
have any idea. Like it, it, there are at the end of the day, money talks. <laughs> and that is, that is uh, the, the situation I was in. So um, that was, that was my, my candid comments to, to start the, the podcast. And perhaps more importantly, bullshit walks. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. That's fair. But I mean, yeah, that's, it is, it is sincerely more. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm very happy where I am. Very happy doing this. Uh, this is um, fun for me. I think that's that's the other thing too. Is like when when I'm writing over at Meet at Midfield and I'm doing this podcast and stuff. Like I sincerely am doing this because I enjoy this. This is not a hostage situation. I promise you that. So um, that I'm not working under duress by any means. So um, yeah, that's work work anniversary. But what I was getting at, what the hell was I getting at? Oh yeah, I guess. What I was saying was last year, um, Ohio State actually won the national title the year before I started working at 11 Warriors. And so, like, mm-hmm. timeline-wise, I fully expected Ohio State to win the Natty last year because it would have been the year after 11 Warriors. But, um, yeah, all, all, all that to say, um, I think I think we're looking good. And that starts with the Justin Scott commitment that, like, came out out of fucking nowhere. And like, I'll be honest, I, I do not cover the, what comes with the territory. I am not in the weeds on Ohio state as much as I should be. And I've been like kind of out of pocket, you know, traveling a little bit. And we saw Taylor Swift last weekend. And so like this commitment, I just like looked at my phone and I was like, who the fuck is that? Like, I, I was not expecting that like one bit. <laughs> and and like I'm like, did did I fuck up? Like, did I miss? Like, I have an Ohio State podcast. Like, right? What what what? It's the this hell one, yeah, on yeah. It's, it's famously it's this one. And so I'm like, like, did I did I miss something here? Um, and it turns out like I no, I didn't really miss something. I immediately went to the kids two four seven page and I saw that he's 100 percent predicted to go somewhere else, two other places. I think half of his predictions are um, crystal balls or Miami, half or Notre Dame, and um, he famously did not go to either one. So like, well, what the hell happened here? Where did this come from? Yeah. So that's such a good question because <laughs> Justin Scott was like, Ohio state was, was certainly in the mix for Justin Scott. Right. And like to varying degrees, sort of recruitment, basically he had been a little bit all over the board. Uh, the kid had visited, he's from Chicago, first of all. So had visited Notre Dame and South Bend, not too far away, about a million times. Everyone thought he was going to commit there. In fact, he planned to commit there end of January, uh, he pushed his commitment date back a little bit, uh, basically saying that, you know, was it ready to decide yet? Took a spring visit to Miami, was super high in Miami, followed up with an official there. Everyone thought he was like, you know, Miami was really in the mix, Miami Notre Dame battle. Then he took OVs to Ohio State and Michigan. OVs mean official visits, of course, uh, basically saying that, like, you know, it, it, there were certain folks coming out of that. I, I want to credit here, I think it was Mark Givler and Jeremy Birmingham both said that. Ohio State and Michigan were kind of battling back and forth at that point in time. So other folks the same. So it kind of became a, a Midwestern battle at that point in time where Notre Dame seemed to fade, Miami seemed to fade. Miami, which we'll get into in a second here, until very recently been whiffing on basically every recruit it was after for months on end. Uh, and Justin Scott, it, it, he, he also told directly to Chad Simmons of On3 Sports that he was ready to commit to Michigan, texted Hayes Fawcett, the famous edits guy who sucks, uh, that he was. <laughs> I love that. Was, yeah, that he was the edits guy who's bad at making edits. Anyway, continue. Also, I, I do want to push back on the fact that at some point in time we just let these be called edits forever. 
Yeah. It's okay, come on. What's up? Whatever. It's just colloquial, I guess, but I really don't like that. Anyway, he texted Hayes, hey, I'm going to commit to Michigan. Can you get a graphic ready? And then he said he went and visited Ohio State and said just basically meeting Larry Johnson, his mom meeting Larry Johnson, they were, it was just like done. It was over. And I'm sure, like, I should clarify here, like, it's not just that, right? Ohio State also is offering a fat NIL package, reportedly <laughs> a little more organized than Michigan's, but not necessarily a fatter one than Miami, I mean, or anything like that. It's like it's basically the combination of defensive line coach and Larry Johnson uh, playing to opportunity with the idea that uh, one or both of Ohio State's current defensive tackles could be gone by the time he gets to campus. Uh, you know, basically the kid just ended up leaning towards Ohio State. It's kind of his his prerogative there, just ended up going with Ohio State. Uh, it's certainly like everyone knew we were in the battle. No one expected him to decide now, first of yeah, all, just, and, and no one had to just commit to Ohio state. So I think there's going to be a commitment that week. It was going to be probably Michigan, but also no one thought if it was coming that week, just wasn't part of the plan at all. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Like I was thinking about this afterwards. It is probably the single most surprising commitment. Like, in Ohio state's modern history or maybe yeah. ever like no, I, it's definitely up there. Cause I think like anyone else who was a surprise commitment, you like knew they were going to come to Ohio state. It was just the timing that was off. Like you I had that or, or, or you had or a few you knew when their date was or like this, this was just like, yeah. Or you had the occasional like, Oh, kid from Florida commits out of nowhere. And sucks. like, right. <laughs> like Bruce Judson did that. Yeah. Nowhere. And then, uh, Who's the uh, who's the, the 2025 kid they committed right now? There's that kid they have committed who then is just actually taking visits everywhere. His name's um, oh shit, I'm pulling it up here. Uh, Jonte Gilbert out of Atlanta, who's nominally been committed to Ohio State for almost a year now. I forgot. And just about no him. one thinks, yeah, no one thinks he's going to Ohio State. Five star player. No one writes about him because like he's not going to Ohio State. <laughs> I I remember I remember seven banks committed to Ohio State. That was probably the most shocking I remember because I think Berm still worked for us. And by us, I mean 11 Warriors at the time. And it was, I, I think it was Berm that was like, I have never heard of this kid. And he's like, I'm yeah. going to have to text Pantone and ask. And like Pantone didn't immediately reply. And like I somehow like one of my friends was like that my roommates ended up like DMing him on Twitter and was like, hey, is this real? And like he messaged back and was like a hundred percent or something like that. And I like I would have given my like left nut that he never signed with Ohio State, but he did. Yeah, he Stuck did. It. And he's now still starting corner in college football, right? He, he, he's starting. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, congrats to him. Uh, he's is he still playing for LSU this year? Is that his plan? Uh, I have no idea. Let's see. Oh no, just kidding. He declared for the NFL draft, and um. I think I know how that went. Yeah. Has not appeared to have signed anywhere that I can see. Um, that makes sense. Hmm. Well, wishing the best. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, Bruce Judson, what happened to him? Seven banks happened to him. A lot of guys in just the Orlando area, like, like do that to Ohio state. Apparently Jaheim Singletary, I think also did that. Oh God. Um, I him. Yeah. Right. A lot of guys are the blue, but Justin Scott, the difference is, this never happens after official visits. Like you just don't get this out of nowhere on OV. No. Like early commitments, sure. Like a year and a half out from your signing day, sure. Like Justin Scott, by all of his purposes, has, has seen all of his schools. He's taken official visits to all of his schools. He's almost certainly going to sign with Ohio State, and it came out of nowhere. And it's also one of the best defensive tackles they've ever recruited. Period. Yeah. Um, just a tremendous player. 
And Ohio, like we had something on the podcast maybe a few weeks ago, or I mentioned it on the board or something to that effect, but like Ohio State's D tackle board was kind of scary because everyone's like, well, you know, they're in the mix, kind of a long shot with Justin Scott. They're the favorite for Jane Jackson, but now yeah. that's not even looking to be the case. We're going to talk about this in a second, but Jane Jackson might go to Texas. They're in it for Dominic McKinley, who's a five-star out of Louisiana, but good luck on that one, right? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> that battle. So, like, if they weren't going to get the, if they were going to get Jane Jackson or Justin Scott, it was going to be like try to go flip a top 100 kid from Arkansas, who's from Arkansas, or go back to the drawing board, basically, yeah. <laughs> or turn one of your DNs into a uh, into a defensive tackle with a McBride uh, special. We love, yeah. we love that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. God, man, uh, he committed. He he he's fantastic. I think he's going to sign the Ohio State six four three ten number fourteen overall player in America, number one player in Illinois, number three player at defensive tackle in the country. Um, he's like a true one tech freak, like a kind of guy. Like this is the kind of guy, yeah, that Ohio State fans complain about. For, first of all, any like this is like, oh my god, we never get an out of state five star defensive tackle to true yep. one tech who weighs over three hundred pounds. There is like the <laughs> the exact complaint people always make. Yeah, I cannot remember the guy's name, but there was a notorious eleven Warriors poster that was like, that was his like only thing he posted about was Ohio State's <laughs> inability to design and and famously the basketball team it was about centers he liked dts and centers he just so. loves big guys he's, yeah. he's got a type he's got a type but, yeah he likes um, them big and thick yeah yeah um. but i mean <laughs> you were you were saying like though um that basically you know it wasn't necessarily the best nil package you know probably miami maybe notre dame had had better ones reportedly um and like it it wasn't like it, it was, it was competitive, but it, it's not like Ohio State just went out there and like swung and you know bought him. But like, this is just what I've been asking for, you know. Like this is all it, like this is all I wanted. I didn't need Ohio State to go out and like start buying kids or anything like that. I just wanted, I wanted this exactly to be in the ballpark, and then everything else at Ohio State went out, and that appears to be exactly what happened, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. They they just they went and got the kid. Um... Dude, I don't know. It's just, it's fucking bizarre. I, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's extremely out of the blue. I, I don't, I, I couldn't tell you how they won it or like what changed. Or then he likes Larry Johnson and they had a bunch of money for him. Uh... <laughs> it's cool though. It's cool. Like, yeah, it's, you, it's, you... it's been a minute since Ohio State's had one of these. I think the last one, the last like sketchy commitment that I was like, how the fuck did that happen? Was like Nicholas Petit Frere. Like that might have been the last one where it was like just kind of out of the blue, like. It That's a good one likely. too. Yeah. And it's like, oh, all of yeah. a sudden, all of a sudden, a player at extreme need, they just got like the best available player. Like, yeah, crazy. Just yeah. absolutely crazy. And now, like, they're also looking pretty good at D tackle for the foreseeable future, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I guess I'd be pretty surprised if both Mike Hall and Tyleek Williams left this year. So you see, we get one of those guys back. You might even get Ty Hamilton back. You just added in a top 100 transfer at a time on Malone. You had a top 100 guy in the roster and Jason Moore. You had a couple top 200 guys in Kane McDonald and, and uh, Hiro Kanu. Um, they're pretty stacked at D-Tackle from Siebel Future. And Justin Scott also, despite it being that stack, should be an immediate contributor next next season. Um, Super cool. Yeah. Super cool. Dope. I will say it looks like the state of Illinois giveth and taketh away a little bit in recruiting because there was a surprise. I think you want to get into here as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, line. yeah. The so like the last time we chatted, I think we were both um, very content. By the way, with the fact that it seemed like Ohio State was going to end up with Marcus Lightfoot, Marquise. Sorry, 
Um, I think Mar- Marquise, maybe. Yeah. Marquise. Marquis de Lafayette, Lightfoot, yeah. Sure, yeah. There also, no one seems to know, I'm dying to know if he is Lori Lightfoot's uh, relative or not. He's from Chicago, like the former mayor of Chicago. Yeah. He's from Chicago. Just look this up. Um, anyway, keep going, sorry. But, I mean, the, the the last we talked, which admittedly was like two weeks ago, it seemed like, I don't, I don't want to say a sure thing, but like it seemed like Ohio State was leading there. And then all of a sudden, um, he is now going to, I don't remember where, where he's going, but it's, it's not Ohio State, famously. Um, so what, what the hell happened there? Uh, well, first of all, I did look it up, by the way. He is the nephew, apparently, of Lori Lightfoot. Who I'm just learning for the first time. <laughs> also, if you Google Marquis Lightfoot, Lori Lightfoot, uh, there's a great take on Bucknots about. Uh, from, you could have just from, stopped there. <laughs> um, uh, Lori, <laughs> sorry, I just got to read his post. Vikebuck said, if he really is, if uh, let's see, hang on here. If he really said anything, considers very fortunate he went there. And if his mom really is Chicago Mayor X, Chicago ex Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who's one of the biggest morons on the planet, <laughs> he likely dodged a huge bullet if that apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And then uh, another quote followed up here Lori Lightfoot is a lesbian, has one adopted daughter. So, no, it's not her kid. Um, but uh, someone did look it up. Lori Lightfoot, I did not know this, is from Massillon. Uh, apparently, no and played basketball at Michigan. I actually think I did know that. My my wife is from Maslin, and I th- I think I did hear that at some point. And she's a big Lori Lightfoot fan too, as well. Famously, yeah, yeah. yeah. She definitely knows <laughs> but, exactly who she is and everything. So. But Lori Lightfoot is apparently his aunt. People are saying. Uh, so so not only did she he not pick Michigan, he denied his aunt's uh, his aunt's wishes there, which is nice. Um, yeah, so he committed to Miami. Uh, over the weekend, on, the or it was on Monday. Yeah, he was in Miami, kind of out of the blue. Um, not out of the blue, really. It's kind of the smoke was an Ohio State Miami battle, but Ohio State had been pretty clearly in front for a, a year. This recruitment, like, pretty obviously, was going to come to Ohio State. Um, Miami, as I mentioned before, has whiffed on a ton of recruiting targets lately. Like, almost everyone on the D line they're missing out for, all their top guys, including Justin Scott. The thought here, and again, you guys know I fucking hate doing NIL talk. I detest it. It's just mostly loser cry maybe shit, but there's an interesting facet here where because Miami basically missed on all of their other top guys in the D-line and they're down salary to like... Cap. Yeah, <laughs> basically they had more money than the salary cap to spend. Uh, there are reports from uh, the since disgraced, uh, thanks to our hand, uh, Buckeye Scoop, saying that Miami offered four times what Ohio State was offering. I'm not buying that for a second. There's no way the difference is that big, but Miami did seem to just spend some cash on this kid. Uh, and they needed it because they're only in on like two or three more good players in the D lines. So they kind of need to get him. Um, it, it sucks. I, I will say it's also probably not a written in stone thing. I would assume that if Miami just goes like five and seven again, like they want to do, uh, Ohio State could very well circle back here and who knows who the cash is rustled up by then. But it's also they basically don't want to get into bidding wars. They say, I'm not buying it. There's no way we get Justin Scott without a fucking bidding war. I just don't think any of that's true. I think Ohio State's doing the same exact thing everyone else is. Miami's going to be more brazen because they have nothing else to offer except money right now. Yeah. But Well, I, I think it's the sort of thing where it's like you don't negotiate with terrorists until you have to negotiate with terrorists sort of thing. Like, yeah. They're just going to be more selective about the guys that they get in bidding wars with. And, like, that's fine. Like, I don't know. It's... it's uh. 
It's that I mean that that's what you should do. Like you're not going to get in a bidding war. You're not going to think every single you know a low four star kid has the um, the leverage to just go back and forth from you know like Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio State and ask for the biggest NIL deal. Like they're not going to do that. But when it comes to a like game changing guy, like absolutely they're going to make sure that they're uh, at least in the in the uh, the realm there. So. Yes, for sure. And it, it does suck to clarify like this. It's a little bit tricky. We have some other guys who talk about defensive end. Because, like Ohio State, look, it's not the same thing as last year's class. I'll say it's not quite the same thing where Ohio State basically only had three targets. Thought, well, shit, we'll at least get one of them. Or they had a few or more than three, but basically they had they had four guys at the end. One of them was late emerging. They're like, look, we'll at least get one to two of these guys. They only got one. They needed at least two to three. They missed their number. That won't happen to the same level again, but they are putting themselves in kind of a scary spot here because Lightfoot was one of like their final, their final four uncommitted guys, maybe five, depending on how you view the Arkansas kid, maybe five uh, uncommitted or guys they're still in play with who they wanted at defensive end. The others being Dylan Stewart, Etrick Houston, we'll those two in a second, and then also Charleston Collins again, the Arkansas commit, uh, and Booker Pickett out of Tampa who they have not talked about in a while. Um, they passed on Elias Rudolph, who is a now Michigan commit, a kid from Ohio, moved to Florida. Basically, they thought he, they wanted him to delay to the fall and they had more clarity than other guys, and he wasn't willing to do so, so Michigan took him. Um, they are a bit thin in defensive end right now. Like they got to sign it. Also, the the roster is thin in defensive end. If they lose, they're going to lose JT, JT Tomaloa, right? It's going to happen. He's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh Jack Sawyer, if he makes a big leap, could go. I would not bet on that. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, and besides that, you just have Kenyatta Jackson, Caden Curry, and Omari Abor on the roster. Uh, they also just signed Josh Mickens at at, at um, Jack. Mitchell Milton kind of plays there too, I guess. But it's pretty thin. It's pretty thin defensive end right now. And Ohio State does not did not get Marquis Lightfoot. It's not awesome. It's it's not great. It's not what you want to see. I think that you'll take this trade every time, though. You'll take trading Justin yeah. Scott for Marquis Lightfoot ten times out of ten. Hundred percent. But I, I will. They have say to go close to some guys, though. Yeah. I will say this too. Um, if there is a position that is easier to bolster out of the portal, if you need to, I think defensive end is one of the easier positions. And so you never want to be in a position where you're banking on like in the future, just like adding a rental player in the portal. And I know Ohio State doesn't like to really do that. But, like, those are kind of guys that translate. Like, a pass rusher is a guy that is going to translate to any system. Um, their skills translate well. Like, you, they're really a plug-and-play type of player. So if Ohio State gets, finds themselves in, like, a desperate scenario where they need to go out and say, hello, team that is good at getting the quarterback, like, come play for us instead, I, I'm perfectly fine with that, even more than they've been with, like, offensive tackle and stuff like that. Yeah, big time. Um, and also, like, there are still a few guys on the roster at Oklahoma State where Jim Knowles coached who came there for Jim Knowles who play his version of Love defensive that. end Love who that. are just at a bad program. That, like, hey, come back. <laughs> go, go play for Jim Knowles in 2024. Yeah. Like, that's always an option. Colin Oliver is the one I want if he doesn't go to the pros after this year. Two-time yeah. All-Big 12 guy who did it as a freshman and a sophomore. Uh, if he doesn't go pro after this year, which should be fair, a guy who goes All-Big 10 or All-Big 12 twice probably does. Um I mean, who knows? Maybe get him. But yeah, so I think that brings us to our next point on, on defensive line here. Um, yeah, man. I I think like 
you hit it. It was Dylan Stewart and um, Edric Houston. Those are the two guys that seem to be like the next, I don't know, the next guys up if, if it's not going to be yeah. Lightfoot. Um, also both five stars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is, which is cool, which is cool. I mean, I don't know. I, I that's, that's a, always a fine trade to make too, but um, I don't know. Like if it seemed, if they land one of those guys and it seems like they're decently confident that they do. Maybe, maybe both. Um, you kind of want to land both. I think you kind of like, I, I, I would say you kind of had to get, you had to get two out of the three, in my opinion, of Houston, Stewart, and Lightfoot to feel awesome yeah. about this class. Like you can still have a, a look, if you get two five stars in D line class, you're doing fucking fine. If you get yeah. one of those guys, it'll be all right. But then it's just like your plan B's aren't the yeah. most clear, right? Like, right. You're going to fall for a Tampa kid, Booker Pickett, who's like not necessarily the body type you exactly want. He's more of a project kid. Yeah. You're looking at, I don't know, offering one of the Ohio guys you didn't take a first pass on, like a Plan B Ohio kid, like a Brian Robinson, or yeah. you know maybe uh, maybe a Dominic Kirks, maybe 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 Charleston Collins at the state defensive end. And the other note here too is one of those guys you mentioned, Andrew Houston, a fucking amazing player. Like to me, he is a true strong side end, like in the same build as. He's somewhere in between body type of JT Tumalo and Zach Harrison, like body type and play style. Mm-hmm. I think probably a better pass rusher than Houston and probably not as quite as freaky in space as Tumalo Al, but like a, a, a clear five-star. Like, you know, uh, our, my buddy Mark Givler, I was texting the other week, and he said to him, Houston's the top five or ten player in this class. He's currently rated as number 23 overall in the 247 Sports Composite. And Dylan Stewart, and by the way, uh, Houston's out of Buford, Georgia, Um not the last time we'll talk about the school today. They already landed Harry Miller out of there, and they've got a target in this class. We'll yeah. talk about this here soon. And they have Dylan Stewart out of Washington, D.C. is another big guy, number nine overall player in the class. A true, like, edge rusher, defensive end type. He's being kind of enamored with playing Jack at Ohio State. But the problem, Houston has the potential to play inside in the future. So you have to be a little cautious of whether you keep his body long lean enough to play outside, which, you know, my thoughts Famously, on McRoddy's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Famously. If there's anyone in the country that you trust to, to manage his, his weight correctly, I think mm-hmm. it's definitely Ohio state. So. <laughs> but I mean, look, if you get, if you have this class and you get Justin Scott, Dylan Stewart and, and Edrick Houston, it is hands down the best defensive line class Ohio State's ever signed. It's one of the best defensive line groups ever signed in college football history. Like it's, it's like you're talking about it in the same breath as, that Texas a m group in 2021, um, which, you know, had like a million guys in it, but like it's, it's, it could be that good. Right. And they, they are, in my opinion, still leader for both guys. So we're talking about next year. Do you want to start with Houston or, or Stewart? Or where do you want to lead off? Let's, let's do Stewart first. Cause I, okay. he doesn't have a commitment date set, right? Correct. But the kind of current thought is like this month or early next month. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're recording this July 5th. Um, that kind of seems to be the prop popular consensus right now. Uh, so yes, it's Stewart is a two team battle with maybe there's a third or fourth, like in the game here, but they're not going to get him. It's basically, it's Ohio state versus South Carolina, right? South Carolina, kind of a bizarre name there. It's not really who you expect to go up and get five star defensive ends from Washington, DC, but they already did it last year in the Coles Harbor or Nick, Nicholas Harbor. Uh, his name is spelled N Y C K O L E S. I think it's pronounced Nicholas, um, classic stuff there. But they already got a five-star end from uh, from DC. Um, it's a very clear battle between those two, and the thing that's nerve-wracking is it could be a situation much like Marquise Lightfoot, where South Carolina has the salary cap to spend everything on Dylan Stewart and go get him, and see what happens. And Ohio State, yeah. I think this, this is a kid like 
look, they had a number of mind for life, but they weren't going to go over. It's not going to be an open, a blank check for him. Dylan Stewart might get a blank check for Ohio State. He might be good enough to get a blank check because Edrick Houston is not a quote-unquote pure NIL recruitment. And again, I think that's such a bullshit term. I know what we're talking about here. But Houston, like everyone else in the country, cares about NIL, but has a lot of other stuff in play. Uh, Stewart, I think, is maybe a little more cash-driven, which is justifiable. Good for him. He's going to get a check. Yeah. But yeah, I am. Honestly, uh, <laughs> uh, I am, yeah. Both of these kids... Sorry, rather, I should have said these kids. Both these contenders, Ohio State and, and, and South Carolina feel really confident in John Stewart, which is kind of nerve-wracking. A bunch of crystal balls came in um, right after Justin Scott committed from uh, Steve Wiltfong, from uh, Brian Doan. Brian Doan's the area guy for D.C. Steve Wiltfong, of course, the national head of 247. Um, I believe Jeremy Birmingham and Mark Givler both uh, both have Ohio State in front for, for Stewart right now. But South Carolina is him to get him back on campus for an unofficial visit before he decides in late July. Ohio State, of course, will try the same. Um, if that happens, it's probably not great for Ohio State, I'd say. <laughs> not what you want to see. If he commits sooner rather than later, I think Ohio State gets him. Um, I think he is an immediate edge player. He seems to be enamored with like the the defense at Ohio State, the fact he could play Jack and stand up and you know, drop in coverage. They love that about him. Mm-hmm. He loves that about them. I still lean towards Ohio State for Stewart, but it's also precarious territory. I think Edrick Houston's a lot more clear. I think Edrick Houston is coming to Ohio State. I think they've sewed that one up. Um the second team, I don't even know who you pick your second team as, like maybe Georgia, maybe Bama. I don't know. Not it's he's gonna come to Ohio State. Like there's other teams floating around there, but that is a kid who's coming to Ohio State. He commits on August 22nd. We'll know by on both. I think we already know I think Edrick Houston's done. Like maybe I'm being too confident here, but I think Edrick Houston is for sure in the class. Yeah. Dylan Stewart, we're gonna know the next four to five weeks, I'd say. Um which is, again, nerve-wracking, but I, I do have some confidence here. I think these guys uh, have the goods, and I think they can close this. Um, yeah, I guess we're going to see, right? We're going to yeah, see I mean, what happens. Yeah. And if if that happens, like, you're talking – you already alluded to it or straight up said it, but, like, with Scott, Houston, and Stewart, like, three five-star guys, one class, like, that's got to be – like that's that's setting up for like a hell of an anchor to potentially one of the best. Not My even God, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about the secondary in a second, but this is setting up for an anchor for like one of the best. I I'd thrown it around like the best defensive recruiting classes in Ohio State history, like starting up front. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. Like it's. I mean, just getting three five stars D line alone, let alone the rest of the class, is insane. Like, like well, it very well could be the best class on defense in Ohio State history. Yeah. And it's and it's and it's kind of like vintage Ohio State too, because back in the day, and I say back in the day, like it wasn't like just five years ago or whatever. Um, Ohio State really used to build its defense. Like you talk about the great defenses and the great secondaries, they produced a lot of um, famously first round picks in the secondary. But it all started in the trenches, like. It started with great defensive line play, and I'd argue that a lot of times those defensive linemen made the corners look a lot better than they were. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And so it's kind of just like a vintage, you know, approach to building a defense is let's lock down that defensive line first, and um, it, it's a hell of a lot easier to play in coverage when you've got two five stars coming at either side of the end, crashing down on the quarterback in under three seconds. Like, it... it just, just really easy to play in the secondary. But that said, yeah. um, I think well, the secondary is still important. 
And I think, uh, yeah. Do you have any I, other I, thoughts on that? I agree. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I want to jump in really think one more thing really quick here too, is that like, I what you're saying is 100% true. Like this is a kind of group that's a building block of a D-line. They also have not lacked for talent in the D-line, but I'd say that's not been the problem, right? From the 2021 to 2023 classes, basically the big three accounting for this year's roster, they did sign 13 blue chip guys in the D-line. Yeah. Two of them are five stars in JT and Jack Sawyer. They had, um, what is it, five other top 100 guys, four if you take out Tywan Malone, but Mike Hall, Kenyatta Jackson, Amaria Bohr, Jason Moore. They have four other guys, top 200, and two other four stars. The group before that, here, here's the problem. The, the groups from, so that, that famous 2017 group headlined by Chase Young was fantastic, right? I mean, that, that's yep. what made the defense great in 2019. Um, the challenge here is the 2018 to 2020 classes really just did not feature any development, any kind of growth. Like the names they saw in 2018, 2020 is insane. They had Teron Vincent, a five-star, did jack shit, undrafted. Zach Harrison, five-star, the best player of this group, is day two pick. But I think we could all argue, or could all say he didn't really develop very much, right? He kind of was just who he was the minute he got here, which is a yeah. very good run stopper, very twitchy, but not a lot of moves in his back. He doesn't very really bend very well. They never got his get off better, which is always a problem. Um, he had just no, he had no move. He would just like long arm into a defensive end and two off the tackle. And if it worked, awesome. If not, good luck next rep. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was his whole thing. Um, you had Tyreek Smith, who was like fine, had a great run again in, in the playoff, but against Clemson, but like didn't do much besides that. Tommy Togiai was fine, day three pick. Tyler Friday, top 100 player, did jack shit. Antoine Jackson was a number one overall Juco recruit, did, did jack shit. Darren Henry and Jacoby Cowan and Noah Potter, all four star guys that transferred. Like they yeah. do have more blue chip guys that we're going to now by a, a margin. Like there are like four or five more blue chip guys in a four year period. But there were dudes that we recruited that were supposed to be like this who and just did didn't nothing. pan out. Yeah. yeah. And you can argue, like, I love J.T. Malowal. I don't think his bag is very deep right now as a pass rusher. Like, I don't think he's necessarily doing a ton of crazy stuff as a pass rusher. His win rate's not very good. Um, our One of our friends of the show prefers to be nameless. Uh, said that his PFF, which, again, is PFF, right, had his win rate on pass rushes at 13%. Oh, uh, for comparison, good. yeah, Nick Bosa's was in 2017 was 37 percent. Chase Young's was 40 percent in his final year, and Aiden Hutchinson had a 33 percent in 2021. He doesn't have to be a top five pick, but he has to be above 25 percent in the 30 percent range, right? Like that's a big leap from where he was at. Right. Jack Sawyer's done jack shit so far. Doesn't really look like he has much of the tank. Again, SNC problem maybe. I think Mike Hall's very good. We don't know anything about the young guys yet. Tyreek Williams is fine. Like. There are some legitimate critiques to question, is Larry Johnson being the most out of these guys? I think if you end up with three five-stars in a single class to pair off what you already have, you're probably going to be just fine. <laughs> like, if you, that's probably enough talent yeah. where it's going to win out. But, like, there are questions of, like, is what Larry does still working the way it used to? And I don't know. I'd rather have the five-stars to figure it out. But that's what they're going to say. It's like a recruiter against us with these guys. Um, we'll see. I, I think if they get Dylan Stewart and Andrew Houston, we're in a great spot. Um and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they win both, but I'll be nervous till they do. Is, is my answer here? And that's a line. Besides that, I mentioned Jane Jackson. I mentioned Booker Pickett. Um, Charleston Collins, Dark and South Canada, he preferring to top 150 player, who's like a kind of a probably a DN, maybe a D tackle. Um, yeah. I think he's great. That's kind of the rest of the board. That's I'm Dominic McKinley. Well, yeah, it, it seems like it's one of those things where it's like there are two clear guys and you aren't going to worry about anything else until those guys decide they're going elsewhere. 
And yep. if they decide yeah. it, it, the, the book's closed if those two pick Ohio State. So, yeah. And like Jane Jackson, the guy everyone thought about was the goth forever is kind of just redundant now. Like, it's not, not yeah. just this guy. Like, I'd like to, I'd like to get him to be wrong, but like, he's a top 500 player. They seem to like a lot more than that. But if they yeah. don't get him, that's fine. Yeah, Justin Scott, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're cool. Like, the DMs are what I'm worried about. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. And I guess like, Allegedly, you still have to play in the secondary, even if you it's do true. Have, yeah. have defensive linemen. Um, sometimes they do get a pass off. So um, I don't know. I, I I like what Ohio State's doing in the secondary. Also, I think Bryce West is already committed. Um, yeah, Jalen McLean, guys, uh, Jersey. Yeah. Yep, that's true. Um, and there's a couple guys that are uh, that are have re- or near commitments um, tomorrow. Actually. Um, the day that this comes out, we got Miles Lockhart decides, um, Aaron Scott decides later this month. Um, you have KJ Bolden um, is is August fifth. Yeah, what, what's 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 the vibes here? You got you got to give me give me a vibe check on on all okay. these guys. So so like you said, Bryce Westman. I mean, that's the one we're going to brush over because it was obvious from this jump, but it is a big deal. He's, he's a top yeah. one hundred player at corner. Like he's maybe a bit of a slot corner, not the biggest kid in the world, but. Like freaky fast, like a I think a 10, 6, 100 meter guy, very very fast. Um, besides that, you have Miles Lockhart, uh, who's committing July six tomorrow. And by the time you guys are hearing this today, he's a Buckeye. That's that's yep. done. No question about that. Kind of a a hybrid to, to fit somewhere in between either either corner or could play that nickel safety spot. They kind of have uh, they have Jahad Carter playing this year. Um, I like him. He's good. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> he's good. Um, the big two here are Aaron Scott and KJ Bolden. Aaron Scott's a big name we talked about a lot. It's still an Ohio State-Michigan battle. Everyone's picks are still in Ohio State. My pick's still in Ohio State. He pushed back his decision from July. He also is going to be July 6th. Yeah, he's also going to be July 6th, which back to July 30th. There are some fun competing narratives here. Um, <laughs> so basically, both the Michigan barbecue and whatever the Ohio State calls their July recruiting event are, are in uh, on the July 30th. So both fan base were like, Oh shit, he's coming in our day. No, <laughs> definitely going to be ours. And then the other that came out is that's he's been on his dad's birthday. His dad famous at this recruitment is a massive Ohio state fan. His dad, like I think didn't go to the Michigan visit. Uh, and is like a huge Buckeye that. fan. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, like basically this is not why he's committing, but other people said this and I'll, I'll give it to here. It's like, this kid has to be such an asshole to yeah. intentionally move his credit to his dad's birthday to pick not his his dad's yes. least favorite school in the world. Oh, I just can't imagine him doing that, right? Like yeah. that's just such a dick move to do that. Right. Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it just it is a hint about who he's going to pick. It is not why he's, you know. Correct. And I, I think it is Ohio State here. I've had Ohio State the whole time. Uh I've been just following Mark Givler's lead on this one. Mark Givler. Look, there's a lot of great recruiting guys. Jeremy Birmingham's excellent, no doubt about that. A lot of other great guys. Like Ohio, Michigan has Sam Webb on this one and Steve Renz. The guy who knows Springfield best, I, I've been with him to Springfield person since fucking intern a million years ago. Like I know Mark Giller's connections at Springfield around those families, around those coaches, around the college coaches involved in this, around the trainers that Darren Scott has, includes Brax Miller, by the way. There is no one who knows recruitments in that area of the country better than Mark Givler. And Mark Givler has been all in in Ohio state for months. He still has Ohio state. Unless Givler changes commitment. I'm, I'm not changing it. It's, it's him. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Aaron. It's Aaron Scott for Ohio state. Um, and, and by the way, you mentioned Berm. 
like in that sentence too, Berm would tell you the exact same thing that you just said too. Like Berm, yeah. Berm, everyone knows that Gibbler has that unlock. It's not, it's not a secret. It's not like yeah. you're just hyping up the guy that you're close with. Like it's not. There's, 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 there's no secrets there. Every, everyone right. knows. Like I mean, he he he's been he's been covering Mo Douglas as Mo, Mo Douglas at Trotland Madison winning state titles ten years ago. Like give let's just give yeah, it's just like whereas I think Sam Webb's only guy is Mo Douglas. There are some Ohio State people covering this whose only guy is Aaron Scott's dad. Yeah, both those leave you with biased perspectives if you don't have the full picture. I, I'm yeah. and I think Berm is the best in the speed about like knowing the players and guys around the players and the players. I'm too sure about Aaron Scott. I I, I just trust Gifler here. It's Ohio State. Yeah, and also. AJ Bolden is the guy that's been a ton of like Ohio, is, is the big fucking white whale in this class for Ohio State. Yep. Famously Perry Eliano's second cousin. Uh <laughs> who we we've is, we've been talking shit about no, it's not Perry Eliano, it's um the other one. No, you're you're misremembering. So Tim Walton had a cousin in last year's class. Uh I swore that Tim Walton was in uh, was was his cousin, but maybe, I guess I'm misremembering. It, Tim Walton had a cousin in last year's class. I, I can't remember who it was. Um I thought it was both, here. but he he was a five star in last year's class, wasn't he? That he didn't get. Yeah, correct. I'm pulling. I'm trying to pull this up right now, so I can I can scroll through it. But um, if you want to vamp while I'm doing this, I'll try to find yeah, it. Uh, so that's Caleb Downs. Wasn't Caleb Downs related to? It, it was. No, no, it was Caleb. Caleb Downs, like his dad played with Tim. His Walton, dad was like best that. friends with Tim Walton. That's what. It that's was. right. And he couldn't get him. Yeah, fuck. And now he's going to start as a true freshman. Tim Walton Bama. was basically his uncle, and, and yeah, couldn't get him. Correct. Um, Perry Eliano, they found out they were cousins like during the recruitment because they have the same grandma. Or something. I love that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's that happened. I don't know. I don't know any of my second cousins. I don't, I, that's not true. I know one of them. Uh, I couldn't tell you, couldn't, couldn't yeah. tell you a single second cousin, but I mean, I know one of my third cousins because he played hockey at like a semi pro level and that was kind of a big deal in the family. So I, I got, that. I went to Alaska I, I, to play semi pro hockey. That seems, that <laughs> seems like a very, um, like, Northeast United States. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like Rust Italian. Thing. It's like yeah. you're, you're you're very happy about your your minor league hockey. Um, oh, big time! Yeah. Like, oh, did you hear about Vinny? Vinny went to Alaska. He's <laughs> Vinny is his name really? Vinny. His name's Vinny. Yeah. God. Pittsburgh Wops, dude. Yeah, but um... so funny. <laughs> but anyway, KJ Bolden is the number six overall player in the country. He's a high school teammate with Edric Houston at Buford. The same high school that produced um, Harry Miller, and most importantly, is a high school here that basically Georgia never wins recruitments at. Like Buford is in the Atlanta area; they produce five stars every year. And I think I, I looked it up and posted it on our board. I don't have it in front of me right now. I think Georgia is like one of their last fifteen guys they wanted under Kirby at Buford. Mm-hmm. Like they just don't get Buford kids, and it's, it's been a different. Georgia. Buford's different, dog. <laughs> so like I so it is it is a very nice school. And like I I this this is this is too speculative, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Georgia is like lately kinda shady. Like you you you, you, you were so, underselling the issue by saying kind of shady. <laughs> yeah. So so like if you've been paying attention to Georgia at all lately with the way that Kirby Smart has been running his program and the things that he's just been like kind of sweeping under a rug. Um, Buford is like not the school that like, they're just like a very like white collar school, like a very like upper class, like values things. Like, I mean, fucking Harry Miller went to Buford. Like that, that should tell you like 
it is it is a school for Harry Miller and like that yeah. that's like the vibe of Buford. And so like it's not necessarily shocking that Georgia's recruiting tactics don't necessarily win kids in Buford. Another another reason is like the Buford kids generally aren't going to need money in the same way that a lot that of other kids sense. Georgia is recruiting. Um and so like it, it, that's not to say that money isn't a factor, but like Georgia can't just go in there and swing a few bags and like immediately get put to the top of the list. Like that's not how right. it's going to work in Buford. And, and like, that's the thing too, is it, it's, you know, it's not just Ohio state being Georgia there too, either. Right. It's not just right. Harry Miller and Jack Houston. Like it's, Bama it's, got it's Justice everyone. Haynes out of there last year. Yeah. Yep. It's like lately every top 100 player to Buford has been a battle between Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. Those are the four schools for every one of those kids, and none of them pick Georgia. <laughs> and whichever one, like whatever kid you may kind of be, if you're a Clemson kid, which by the way, Harry Miller, given his whole like like very religious dude, like I, I I'm kind of surprised he wasn't more of a Clemson guy, but you know, ended up in Ohio State, whatever. He loved um, Urban Meyer. Yeah, yeah but... loved Urban. Another hero there, but yeah, and Ryan Day too, I think. But he did, yeah, yeah. So so the vibes seem to be trending towards Ohio State for Bolden. None of the two four seven guys have changed their picks yet, but a lot of people have Ohio State out in front for KJ Bolden right now. He decides on August fifth. He is the best safety in the country. Yeah, he would presumably start as a true freshman for Ohio State. He, like, he is awesome, and I this is this is one that I think you can go back on both of us um, for like months, months, maybe maybe even like a year. I don't. I mean, this podcast is almost a year old, but like at the, almost at this point last year, we were kind of predicting that Ohio state wouldn't land KJ Bolden. And we were getting pretty fatalistic about it. Um, I'm sure you can pull up the receipts about this. I have wanted this kid for like a year plus at this point. So badly. And he, he is so damn good. And more than that, like the way Ohio state's defense is built around Jim Knowles, like his scheme, this is a kid that is like perfect. And I, I've mentioned before that I just love the idea of Ohio state, just collecting elite safeties and just like, putting them out there. This yep. is like a must get. I, I mean, it, everyone who's a, a top like five player at their position is a must get guy. Like, you, of course, you, can yeah, throw, yeah. you can throw that around, but this is like a game changing guy that can start as a true freshman. Like you said, well, but also, especially at safety for Ohio state now, because much like defensive end, like the board is pretty thin now, right? Like they've been going after Peyton Woodyard, who's a, a Georgia commit, Peyton Woodard, whatever, uh, uh, for modern day out of California's commit to Georgia. Um, they had a few other guys on the list. I think among them notably is, is Brandon Jacob. Uh, Woodyard is apparently Ohio state's not going to be the second first or second school there whether he goes to Georgia. Uh, there seem to be out of the running for Brandon Jacob. They're not going to get him. Um, so Quan Patterson is a South Florida kid at the siding until late, late, late in the process. So either you get KJ Bolden or you go into <laughs> the end of the year praying you either get back on one of the kids you missed and flip them. Uh, or you have to, you have to like uh, go get Saquon Patterson out of South Florida, yeah. which is not not an awesome situation to be in. But I think they're going to get KJ. I really think they're going to get KJ Bolden, which would give them uh, if they also land Stewart in Houston, that would give them four defensive five stars in this class, um, which is obscene. Uh, it's, it's Scott Stewart, Bolden, Houston, and they also already have, of course, Jeremiah Smith committed. Uh, Mylon Graham is committed. Aaron Nolan's a five star. Um, that's a lot of five stars to go get. And they're still heading for Dominic McKinley, too. Like yeah. they're getting, and, and Aaron Scott's just on the cusp of that list, too. He's just could, outside yeah. of it. He could, he could get that bump, too, in, in the future. But 
Yeah, man, it is. We're, we're I think we're going to end talking about the class as a whole because that's what I want to talk about. But um, is there yeah. anyone else on the secondary that we should be paying um, to at all before we switch gears? Good question. I think really not right now. I mean, Xavier Brown's a the guy they're going to finish third for. They're going to get him. Kobe Black is still out there. It's supposed to be an Ohio State-Texas battle. Mm-hmm. And A&M's still in the mix, too. It's, um, it's, it seems like it's one of those wait-and-see things where, like, you've got your guys that you want, and if they don't end up at Ohio State, then you hit the oh-shit button and try to figure it out, kind of like the defensive line. Yeah, pretty much. You pretty much go back to the board. See, maybe you circle back on one of the kids you dropped previously. Um, you know, they're, they're, they still Kai Bates out there. Just, I don't think it's not deciding right now. A kid that Ohio State hadn't really pushed for, but could come back to. Um, but basically, yeah, if they go get Bolden, you go get Aaron Scott, you get Lockhart. You then at that point have uh, five secondary commits. They probably want one more guy. They're going to chase Saquon Patterson. They may come back on Kai Bates. If they like him a lot. Mm-hmm. They could offer, you know, Josiah Trader, who who is not really a receiver, but could be a safety, is a five star as well. They could go chase after. Um, they're basically going to go big game hunting if they get those those five guys. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a huge recruitment. It's, it's like, it, it, like of all the must-win recruitments, like besides Edric Houston, I think the next most important is KJ Bolden yeah. and only cause they have Jalen McLean committed. Maybe he's more important. I don't know. It's, it's up there. Um, I think the last player, we have a couple more quick things I want to hit on the class. Just I'll, I'll go through them hyper fast here. Cause they're, they're relatively easy. Um, at linebacker on the, on the defense here, Kingston, uh, Vlamu Asa out of, uh, out of California commits on July 22nd at linebacker. This one is a USC Notre Dame, Ohio state battle. Notre Dame is clearly in third is basically Ohio state versus USC. I think Ohio State's winning this one. The question is basically, does he want to leave home or not? He's leaving home. It's going to Ohio state. I think Ohio state's up on the visit. I think they have this one locked. Um, he's very tight with Peyton Pierce, the other linebacker out of Texas, uh, a guy they've been on forever. He loves James Laurinaitis. I think that one is a Buckeye. It's another top 100 overall player at linebacker. A huge game. I mean, they're just stacking these guys up. It's ridiculous. Uh, like they might have 10 top 100 players on defense alone. Uh, it's 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 just 10 percent of them. Yeah, it's obscene. Ten percent out of the total top 100 committed to Ohio State just on defense yeah. could happen. Uh, I love that. <laughs> which is obscene. Uh, the O-line, uh, it's it's Gerby Lambert and Brandon Baker. I think everyone seems to have Gerby Lambert to Notre Dame at this point uh, or Boston College. It's, it's Shane, basically that's not an incredible a, name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's basically not going to be Ohio State. It's not going to be Penn State. It's not going to be. He also visited Harvard recently, which is pretty interesting. Um, seemingly either Boston College or Notre Dame for him. Um, I think it's going to be not Ohio State. However, Brandon Baker, there's some momentum here. There's some juice here. Uh, I remain somewhat skeptical. I don't know. I, I'll say this. I, I have a good authority. It's a free episode, so I'll be careful here. But I got some I got some sources on this one. The old the old boy still has some tricks up his sleeve. <laughs> I've got some guys here still. Um, if Ohio State loses to Oregon, it will not be on money. They have put this offer out there pretty well. I think they're ahead of Oregon on the cash. The question is how much he favors the cash. Um, the cash from Oregon in the cash from Ohio state versus like, he has a lot of familiarity with Oregon. His brother went there. He's been there a million times. He's been to Ohio state. I think three times now as well. Who is OV. They seem to have crushed that one. He would be the crowd jewel in this class. Another five-star player off the tackle. If they land him and that's a huge, huge get. Um, Justin Fry is kind of just winning recruitments that, that stud would never. Um, and the final note here is a wide receiver. They lost Elijah Moore, which is interesting because it is the first recruit under Brian Hartline that has ever taken an official visit and picked another school. Um, that has never happened to them before. That's pretty absurd. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, he committed to Florida State. 
thought they had him sewed up, ended up coming to FSU. Very, very good player. Um, they're going to get Jeremiah McClellan uh, to finish his class up out of Missouri, who will be the third receiver commit. They're going after Josiah Trader still, who will decide very late in the process, probably December. Um, so he could be their fourth receiver or could be a safety. But it's basically coming down to just McClellan's class because Moore's off the board. That's kind of the whole thing. I mean, I don't really know why or what happened. I think I think Florida State crushed that visit. They have a pretty attractive depth chart to offer. And also, they're developing a good passing offense there. You have to give them credit for that. And they've, that school's done very well growing. It makes sense, right? He's probably like the top, like once Keon Coleman and, and Johnny yeah. Wilson left the NFL next year, he's their top guy. Um, well, Kevin, I think you're going to ask me some questions about the overall class really quick. Before you do that, I want to hear you talk about home field apparel. Yeah. So um, famously, we are big fans of the Buckeyes and we are big fans of home field apparel. And famously, they work together. So that's that's a uh, you know kind of a match made in heaven. Um, so we Ryan's wearing it. I'm wearing it. Uh, we are huge home field apparel guys. And I mean, we've been talking about Ohio state recruiting, um, and, and like how Ohio state's just raking in the five stars. I think that home field apparel is, um, kind of the, they're five stars in our hearts, you know, and in terms oh, yeah. of, in terms of and on our hearts, cause we're wearing them on our chest. That, that is fair. And so in terms of anybody who we could be partners with, um, that's kind of just a, a match made in heaven for us. Uh, so we know at this point, you guys are for sure. I, I'd, I'd assume 90% of you have home field apparel in your closets at this point. But for those 10% who are still holding out and have not purchased the um, the, the pure softness of home field apparel, um, use the code meet at midfield for 15% off your first order. Uh, it doesn't work for your second order. It doesn't work for your third order. We we don't endorse you creating extra email accounts to to use the the code more than once, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Stop you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 they will find you. Um, people have tried. Many people have tried. I loved a tweet they had. It said like they found an account that had like seven iterations of an email. Let's go. To, I love that. Just the commitment. That there. extra $4 off. That's so yeah. sick. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, man, I, I, uh, we, we obviously endorse that. And uh we we would not tell you to buy a product that we didn't believe in. So, um, or, or or we might we might. I don't I don't think I'm above that. I I for sure would um, hawk a product. Depends what you're paying, right? We're open to yeah. NIL offers. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but in this case, we do actually like the shirts and we do, we do wear the shirts. So, um, yeah, man. But yeah, that, that that said, Ohio State's this this class is looking really good. Um, I know we've been joking about. Ryan Day beating the Chargers, especially on his defensive recruiting this class. Um, I think the best Ohio State recruiting class I can remember is that 2013 class. Um, the 2017 class was up there, too. That was a really good class. But if you look at both of those classes, they produced, like, in the following years, like the the 2014 and um, 2019 seasons, they produced some of the best Ohio State teams I've ever seen. Uh, that 2014 and 2015 teams were absurd. That 2019 team, and to a lesser extent, the 2020 team, was just loaded with talent. Um, you really, you win national championships in recruiting. Like, you really do. It's been proven time after time. This class, top to bottom, is looking like one of those classes, like that 2013 and 2017 class. What is your impression 
Like, is it crazy to think and to put it in those categories as like the 2013 class or the 2017 class, or am I just it, overly it, optimistic? Like you said, there's, there's some like landing to be done, right? They need to uh, they need to close some guys here, but yeah, the way it's trending, yeah, yeah, it's in that kind of range. It, it definitely looks like it could be that good. Um, I mean, the talent they've accumulated is absolutely absurd, right? It, it's just purely ridiculous. Um, and there's more could have come up. They have to actually stick the landing here, but yeah, it's definitely in the range of those guys. Basically, it could finish the 2021 class, which was a very good group to finish, I think, second in the country, but necessarily didn't have the depth at all positions they need. Yeah. If they stick the landing here and both fill out the depth and the talent, that's the kind of class that wins you titles. Like, that is what it does. Yeah. It's 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 in range for the number one overall class, too. Like, losing Lightfoot, it hurts the odds of that, but they could pretty easily clear 320 rec- collective recruiting points which is kind of the range on 247 to win first overall in, in recent years. If you're north of 320, you got a shot, and they have a shot. I mean, it's it, it's very well could be somewhere between 320 and 325. 330 is probably the ex- absolute upper limit. They go get a couple flips, too. Mm-hmm. I'm not banking on that, but, like, it could it's be special, of, man. It could yeah, be special. It, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And I think, like, we have seen Ohio State has recruited well. I mean, very well the past three to five years, whatever. Um, But I think what's different about this class is it is players in positions that Ohio State seemingly hasn't really hit. And I think that's what makes me optimistic about this class. It's not even that it's loaded, it's where it's loaded. Yep, 100%. So, And I I think for us, that's the exciting point to kind of leave it on for the week because we're going to see some announcements coming the next couple weeks and uh, we're both pumped about it. But I think Ohio State could be as good as they want to be. yeah, man, I'm excited. Me too, me too. And that's the blind off-season optimism. Uh, you can check back with us in October and see if the vibes are still the same. But um, for now, I am feeling good. So you want to close me this too. out? Yeah, man, go Bucks. Michigan sucks, and help is on the way. <laughs>